Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. The iCritical Care Podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is the Society's Associate Editor for Podcasts, Dr. Richard Savell. Dr. Savell is the Associate Director of the Surgical Intensive Care Unit at Mamadi's Medical Center in Brooklyn, New York. He also is an Assistant Professor of Medicine at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care Podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email info at sccm.org. Welcome to the iCritical Care Podcast for July 25, 2005. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. In today's podcast, we will discuss an article from the August 2005 edition of Critical Connections, with the focus being on the critically ill cancer patient. Let's begin with a presentation of an article by Brenda K. Shelton, MSRNCCRNAOCN, entitled Critical Care of Cancer Patients. Ms. Shelton is from the Sydney Kimmel Comprehensive Cancer Center at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, USA. In the critical care literature, most patients with cancer are divided into two groups, those with hematologic malignancies and those with solid tumors. Patients with solid tumor malignancies tend to demonstrate better overall survival rates when they are critically ill compared with patients suffering from hematologic malignancies. However, in all critically ill patients, the presence of active malignant disease negatively influences the prognosis. Overall intensive care survival rates for patients with cancer range in the literature from 46 to 59%. Specific markers of a poor prognosis for the critically ill cancer patient include the following. Allogeneic hematopoietic stem cell transplantation, late-stage metastatic malignancy, or multisystem organ failure. Other markers of a high risk of death include elevated bilirubin after hematopoietic stem cell transplant and age greater than 70, as well as the following markers at the time of admission, hematologic malignancy with leukopenia, elevated creatinine or the use of renal replacement therapy, the presence of fungal infections, and the need for mechanical ventilation. Though it is commonly thought that bleeding and infection are the most common etiologies of critical illness in the cancer patient, it is in fact respiratory failure that is the most common ICU diagnosis and the most likely non-relapse cause of death. One evidence-based practice that may be associated with improved outcomes is the use of non-invasive positive pressure ventilation in these patients and attempts at avoiding mechanical ventilation if at all possible. Patients who have newly diagnosed and untreated malignant disease are usually considered reasonable candidates for aggressive critical care interventions. The more ethically challenging area is the patient who presents with complications related to disease progression. At this point, rapid and expert assessment by a qualified critical care team is imperative in determining if the application of critical care is appropriate. As an example, a patient with a pericardial effusion may obtain an increase in quality of life if a pericardial catheter is placed to drain the excess fluid. However, Other interventions that may not alter quality or quantity of life may not be indicated. Other examples of appropriate and inappropriate interventions include the following. A recently diagnosed patient who suffers from a myocardial infarction in the midst of chemotherapy has an excellent chance of recovery, while a patient with acute leukemia, 
and prolonged neutropenia who experiences a bowel perforation may not be a surgical candidate as the likelihood of that patient returning to their pre-surgical state of health is low. Cancer patients have frequent fluctuations in their clinical condition requiring short periods of critical care followed by periods of good health. This has led some oncology practices to develop an integrated critical or intermediate care area within the oncology department. Again, there is some evidence to support this practice, allowing for a high level of continuity of care as well as rapid diagnosis and management of oncologic emergencies. Other options include the development of standalone oncologic ICUs, though this usually can only be done at large, high-volume academic medical centers. Nevertheless, it is important to remember that the majority of oncologic critical care is provided for in general ICUs by general intensivists. Critical care should be viewed as a key component in a comprehensive plan to eradicate cancer in patients who are suffering from malignant disease. As knowledgeable, compassionate critical care practitioners, we must work closely with our patients, their families, and our oncologic colleagues to ensure that critical care is applied in a medically and ethically appropriate manner to prolong life without prolonging suffering. This concludes our podcast for July 25, 2005. Look for future podcasts featuring a wide variety of information important to critical care practitioners, including interviews with authors and discussions with prominent members of the critical care community. Critical Connections is the official bi-monthly news magazine of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, offering the latest information about critical care to healthcare professionals. Members of the Society of Critical Care Medicine receive a free subscription as well as other benefits. For more information, visit www.sccm.org. Thanks again for listening. Registration is now open for SCCM's 35th Critical Care Congress to be held January 21st to 25th, 2006 in the birthplace of jazz, New Orleans, Louisiana. Learn innovative treatments in critical care, as well as fundamental business practices to improve your ICU environment, all developed by a multi-professional team of critical care experts. Register today by speaking with a SCCM customer service representative at 1-847-827-6888 or visit www.sccm.org. Don't miss out on this unsurpassed educational opportunity.